to continue our sermon series on the Apostles' Creed, and I want to invite you to follow along. The words are on the screen, or maybe you have a tablet or a cell phone. You want to uh, find Ephesians chapter 2 on your Bible app, Ephesians chapter 2, and I'm going to read here verses 1 through 9 and also verses 19 through 22. In my Bible, the first section is entitled, Alive in Christ. And so I want to invite you to simply listen or follow along and hear these words of our Lord. The author of Ephesians says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved." And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast." And then jumping to verse 19 to finish out the chapter. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus Himself as the chief cornerstone. In Him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in Him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. Let's pray together. Father, it amazes us that we should be a temple, that a community of believers, even Grace Church, a place where Your Spirit would take up residence, where You would come and live in us. And we're so grateful that you do, because we need you so desperately. Every hour, Lord, we need you. We need Jesus. We need his spirit. Left to our own devices, Lord, why we, we would wander and stray like those sheep. But Father, would you bring us close to you today? Would you speak to us? Would you anoint this message? Would you anoint the messenger? Would you anoint us all as we listen that we would not miss what it is that the Spirit of God is saying to the churches, even to Grace Reformed Church today? And this we pray in the strong name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. I believe in the Holy Catholic Church. We've been unpacking this phrase for a few weeks now. This church of Jesus Christ, universal, which transcends all time and space, comprised of people from every nation, tribe, language, and people from around the world, a church that is comprised of all Christians who have ever lived since the beginning of time all the way to the end of time but a church which is also tangible, which is 2.5 billion people 
in our world today. That's about a third of the world's population. We Christians are the largest religion on earth. This church is comprised of Catholics, Protestants, Pentecostals, Methodists, we even let the Baptists in, and hundreds and hundreds of more denominations around the world. The Reformed Church in America is one of those denominations. Standing on the tradition of reformers such as Martin Luther and John Calvin, having migrated to the New World, to what is now the United States, way back in the late 1500s, the early 1600s. We, too, are a part of this holy Catholic, this universal church of Jesus Christ. And I love the RCA's mission statement, which says it like this. We are a thousand churches, roughly, in the RCA. Maybe a thousand, maybe a little bit more, a little less. A thousand churches in a million ways doing one thing, following Jesus Christ in mission. Amen? That's part of the church that we belong to. I'm, I'm so glad to belong to the Reformed Church. We have a solid, steady, scriptural understanding of Scripture. It, it's foundational. It is solid. It's balanced, and it's evangelical with a social justice conscience. It's a great church. Grace Church is a part of the Reformed Church in America. This Gathering of folks that meet at this cute little building at 520 Maxwell Street. You and me, we who live and work in the world and in the workplace or at school, we are a part of the church, even Grace Church, a part of the universal church of Jesus Christ. And the question I want to ask this morning is, how do we, just a few of us, fit into this 2.5 billion people or so around the world? What is our niche? How are we different from other churches? What can make us stand out? How, how has God called us, Grace Church, to what? And today, I want to invite you to think about that with me, because one thing I know in that is vision leaks. It leaks out of a, like a bucket with a hole in it. And if we don't remind ourselves and refresh our vision from time to time, and we're going to do this, you say, Pastor, I heard this message last year. You say, yes, and you'll hear it again next year and the year after that because we need to come back to our vision and our mission as a congregation to kind of remind ourselves, what is it that we are about? What makes Grace Church unique? King Solomon said in Proverbs 29, verse 18, where there is no vision, people cast off restraint. Sounds like what's happening today in our society at large. If there's no purpose, no focus, no vision, people just live however they want to. Anything goes. But no, we have a vision, friends. The King James Version of this passage says, where there is no vision, the people perish. That is, they die. Dave Van Etten says, where there is no vision, people leave the parish, P-A-R-I-S-H. So let's refresh and renew our vision today. Amen? Amen? Let's do that. There are four key components to this vision. We have articulated it this way. Grace Church, a place where ordinary people experience God's extraordinary grace. Say it with me. A place where ordinary people experience God's extraordinary 
grace. Good. What does it mean? We've broken it down into four things. Let's review this morning. Number one, it means that all persons within our reach will experience the welcome of God into our family. That all persons within our reach will experience the welcome of God into our family. There are two churches that had a profound impact on my life and on my ministry. The first one was a church that I worked in fresh out of college on the south edge of Holland, Michigan. And it was a conservative church, a church that was biblically rooted, a church that had a tremendous and well-articulated theology. It was a church that was filled with good and steady people, many of whom I still have contact with today. I love that old church, but there was only one problem with that church. It seldom had a visitor. And they hired me to do outreach, to be their missionary for them. And so I canvassed throughout a trailer park that wasn't too far from where the church building was. There was a government-subsidized housing unit. I think they thought, oh, these poor people, they need, you know, Pastor Dave, you go and, you know, knock on doors. And I did. I did a lot of cold calling. It was, it was really interesting, but it was very formative, and I'm glad I had the experience. But even when we could get people to come to the church, you know what happened? They almost never returned. They did not feel welcome. They did not feel comfortable. Fast forward a few years later after seminary when I went to a church in Wisconsin, and this church was almost the exact opposite of the first church that I had served. Now, they had a good theology too, but it was a much more open church. And there were all kinds of people. It seemed that they would let anybody in there. It was amazing. I'm thinking to myself, having brought up in the Reformed Church, why these don't look like church people to me, you know? And the fact is, there were people that were very broken, but they were finding Jesus in that church. And I knew right then and there, having observed those two experiences that were in a way vastly different, I knew what kind of ministry God was calling me to have. And I think that in some ways it's reflected in our ministry, hopefully here at Grace Church. I wanted to be more like the second church. I wanted to be the church with the doors that were wide open. Because you know what? There are people out in this world and people that you live with and study with at school who are broken, who are hurting, who need Jesus, people who are grieving, people who, who are frustrated and angry and addicted and people who are seeking and struggling and I thought, I want to be that kind of church. This is a part of our vision now here at Grace Church. We're a kind of spiritual hospital, if you will, for the hurting. Amen? Amen. Have you, do you remember the, the Christmas special, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Remember Rudolph? Remember the place that Santa had to visit with all of the, uh, uh, before he could distribute all the toys to the world? Do you remember where that place was? Do you remember what it was called? The... The North Pole, he was at the North Pole, that's a good answer, but it's not the one I'm looking for. There was, I heard it, the island, yes, and the island of misfit toys. Do you remember that? He had to go to the island of misfit toys that were, you know, jack in the box that didn't work and or whatever, you know, the springs were broken and all of those things. So, and you know, I've kind of joked over the years with people that... <laughs> okay. 
I've joked with years, you know what, and I say this with all love and respect, but that Grace Church is a little bit like the island of misfit toys. We're kind of, we're kind of like the, the church of misfit people, of which I and you are a part of, right? And I say this again with love and respect, but you know, think about it. Look at all of us. I mean, turn around. We wouldn't even, you know, we, we probably wouldn't have even chosen each other to be friends. We probably might not have even chosen each other to hang out with each other. You probably wouldn't have chosen me as your pastor. Here we are together, you know, stuck together. But you know what? We're sort of all misfit people. We're people that are broken and who need the grace of Jesus Christ. Amen? We're people that need that welcome, that need to be embraced. So Grace Church welcomes people who are broken and needy and lost and lonely and suffering and struggling and and going through grief. And, And is this not the kind of church where Jesus would be? If you're looking for a perfect church, The pretty church where people have it all together, you're probably in the wrong place. I hate to break it to you. If you're looking for a church with semi-professional musicians and singers and lots of exciting programs, you're probably in the wrong place. But if you're looking for a church of real people who struggle with real issues in the real world, you have a place here. Join the club. (laughs) We're all misfits. Jesus welcomes sinners, and so do we. In Romans 15, verse 7, the author said, Accept one another just as Christ accepted you. How did Jesus accept us? Without questions, with grace. He held his arms out wide open, and then he died on the cross. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person somebody might possibly dare to die. But but Christ proved his love for us in this. Yet while we were sinners, he died for us. And so we, in turn, welcome people in to Grace Church. Who can you welcome in? Maybe there's somebody here today you don't yet know their name. Maybe you can, maybe you can hunt them down after the service and, and just welcome people in. That's what we're about, amen? amen? To be a place where ordinary people experience God's extraordinary grace means that we will that all people within our reach will experience the welcome of God into our family. Number two, it means that all people within our reach will experience the work of Jesus' saving grace. Say it with me. The work of Jesus' saving grace. Friends, it's all about Jesus. Jesus must be front and center, and by the grace of God, he is here at Grace Church. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, our passage today. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Have you ever visited or belonged to a church that had a lot of rules, a lot of regulations? I have. You know, most of those rules were unwritten, but they were there. There were rules about how to dress and how to talk and how your kids should behave and what you should do on Sunday, and what you can't do on Sunday. There were a lot of rules. When I worked at the first church that I mentioned earlier, uh, as I served there on staff, they had a sign on the ball diamond in the local village that said, and I shared this with you before, no Sunday play, please. And I thought, how ironic, because God had given us this day to, to recreate, to, to, to enjoy, and to celebrate, and to play. And I thought, that just seems so weird. Well, I lived in a house with a couple of college buddies for some years when I served that church. We lived right in the middle of the village, right next to the church. And we got a little bit bold and a little bit 
defiant one Sunday afternoon. It was a beautiful fall day, and we thought we were going to play ball. Now, we didn't go down. That was a softball diamond. We were throwing the football around, and there was no real place to do it other than the street in front of our house. So we went out, and we were throwing the ball, and I was going out for the bomb and made a spectacular catch. And I came down, and I rolled my ankle. And this is on blacktop. This is on the, the road, right? So this, I mean, it hurt, and I rolled it good. It was a kind of a high ankle sprain, and I heard something pop, and I had to go to the doctor the next day, and I was uh, all wrapped up for a time. And, but here's the thing. That was in the day when they still had evening services. I was scheduled to give the children's message that evening. I could barely walk. I hobbled into church. I sat down in the back. The pastor called me up at that time in the service to give the children's message. And, of course, I had to you know, just kind of hobble up there. I mean, I could barely walk on this thing. And I gave the children's message. And after the service, everybody swarmed around. Dave, what happened? What did you do? What did, what did you do to your ankle, your foot? What had happened? Well, you know, I, I was in church, so I couldn't lie. So... <laughs> I said, I, you know, uh, my buddies and I were throwing the football around, and I sprained it this afternoon uh, playing catch and, you know, on the street. And <gasps> now, thankfully, nobody excommunicated me. I was still able to serve the church, and they were okay with that. But they had all these rules and all these regulations. And if you're looking for a church of legalisms and laws and rules and regulations, why, you're probably in the wrong place today. Because that is not Grace Church. That is not what we are about here. Did you know that the word grace is used 123 times in the Bible? Lots of churches specialize in rules and laws and legalisms, but that's not grace Christians live by grace, not by law. You see, grace is offensive. It violates my sense of fairness. It violates my sense of decency and righteousness. Uh, living under grace means that I can't control other people. Uh, but you see, this is what we're called to be. We're called to be a church, I believe, that lives up to our name, a church of grace. And so we want everybody who enters into these doors not only to experience a, a hearty welcome, but the person and work of Jesus and for some people, that's salvation, finding salvation in Jesus. For others, it's, it's finding healing and renewal or forgiveness of sins. Saying, Jesus, I've blown it. But we want everybody who enters into these doors, and we're in, whenever we encounter them, in fact, to find Jesus in us. To encounter the living, breathing Jesus Christ, because he is here in our midst. Amen? And he is healing people and touching people and encouraging people and forgiving sins. To be a place where ordinary people experience God's extraordinary grace means that everybody in our midst will experience the welcome of God into our family, the work of Jesus' saving grace, and thirdly, the word of God for personal transformation. Say it with me. The word of God for personal transformation. Um, anybody here have any bad habits? Say, not me, but my spouse has got a whopper, right? Like, you know, maybe uh, there's something about you that you wish that you could change. And maybe you find yourself kind of struggling with the same sin or temptation or falling into the same old patterns or bad habits. And, and uh, I know I can. I was like, oh, Lord, I can't believe I'm, you know, doing I, what I did. I can't believe this. I'm back here again. And will I ever get beyond this? 
And sometimes it gets very frustrating. You know, even Paul, the spiritual giant of the New Testament, he said, I do not understand what I do for what I want to do. I do not do, but what I hate, that's what I end up doing. But friends, here's the good news. There's power in the Word of God. Change is possible. Things can be better. 2 Timothy 3.16 speaks of the power of God's Word. All Scripture is God-breathed, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. That's what I need. So that the man or the person of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And Psalm 19 simply says, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. How many of you need a little revival this morning? Amen? Yeah. You know, there was a farmer who looked out over his fields of grain, and he said to his wife and his family, you know, there's money in them there fields. And I always think, you know, that's kind of how we are with the Word of God, too. How we look at this book... And we understand that we read this book not just to merely understand its content. It's not like a textbook that you read in, in, in school. No, this is one book that we read to get to know the author. And we look through the pages of Scripture and we say, you know what, there's truth. There's gold in them there pages. And like we were talking about yesterday morning at our men's, uh, men's breakfast, that, that we're, we're kind of like miners, that we just we're, we need to mine, put on your mining cap and, and, and mine the, the nuggets of gold that we find there each and every day just to open up that word and let it transform you because word and spirit always work together. Amen? Friends, the Word of God gives you wisdom on every subject that you could imagine. You need help with finances? 16 out of Jesus' 38 parables speak about finances. Jesus had a lot to say about that issue. You need relationship advice? There are 40 different one another passages in the Bible that talk about relationships. You struggle with temptation. Ephesians 6 talks about the armor of God, how to fend off the enemy. You need to break bondages. The Bible has the power to do that, the gospel power. It is the power of salvation. You need wisdom. Consult the wisdom of God in the book of Proverbs. It's right there. You want to grow closer to God, then travel with Jesus down through the gospels. Get to know God better. Maybe you're seeking salvation and you have never yet given your life to Jesus Christ. You've never really crossed the line of faith. And friends, today before the sun sets, I invite you to do that. The Bible is God's plan of salvation for you. It's God's love letter to you. He's saying, I love you. And here's, here's the proof of it. It's the plan of salvation. It's the instruction manual for life. Why wouldn't you read it? Who would not want that? Who doesn't need a little direction, a little wisdom? Here at Grace Church, we invite every person to be involved, not just on, in Sunday morning worship. That's important to be a regular attendee at Sunday morning worship, but also to be involved in at least one other group or activity outside of Sunday morning. Maybe it's a Bible study, a men's Bible study, or a women's Bible study. Maybe it's a small group of one kind or another when we're able to have those. Um, maybe it's for the kids, Fishnet or The Rock for youth. And maybe it's some of your kids or grandkids that you could bring and get involved in those ways. Maybe it's serving through Sunday morning worship, being a part of the tech team or whatever it might be. But one additional thing other than just Sunday morning, what is it for you? 
because the Word of God has the power to change your life, to transform you. Number four, to be a place where ordinary people experience God's extraordinary grace means not only that all persons within our reach will experience the welcome of God into the, or the welcome of God into the family, it means not only that people will experience the work of Jesus saving grace in this place and in contact with us wherever we are, it not only means that we will experience the Word of God for personal transformation, but fourthly and finally, that we will experience the witnessing power of the Holy Spirit for mission. Say it with me. The witnessing power of the Holy Spirit for mission. Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Friends, did you know that witnessing can actually be fun? That it can be natural and effective? It doesn't have to be, you know, here's four spiritual laws, or let me draw a diagram on, the, on a napkin for you in the restaurant. I mean, it can be those things. But it can also just be telling the stories. Just bragging on God, how good is God, and look at this beautiful day, and hasn't the weather been great lately, and, and there's just so many reasons to praise God and to boast and to brag about God. That's what witnessing is. The truth is, the love and the grace of God, it's not just for us. It's not just for those in here in these four walls, it's for the people out there in the world. And friends, there's a whole city before us of people who have yet to know Jesus. You and I were blessed so that we could in turn be a blessing to other people. It's not so much about getting people in here on Sunday morning, that's a good goal, but it's really more about how we can share and show the love of God to people right where they are right where they live or right where you encounter them. This is what I love so much about our online ministry, something that we've had to do this past year due to COVID. And now we're reaching so many people and people that maybe have been former members that have moved away and, and they're watching online. We're reaching more people. It's what I love about last year's Each One Reach One campaign. It was somewhat muted because of COVID, but the idea was great, reaching out beyond us. It's what I love about our new blessing fund, a way to just bless people who are not church members, people of the Cedar Valley who are in need. And maybe you want to contribute to that and be a part of that in, in a way. God has chosen us to be on mission for Him. When I was in junior high, in gym class, we often played a game that you guys refer to as dodgeball, right? Two teams, one on each side. You're throwing the balls. You hit somebody, they're out, okay? You catch a ball that somebody throws, they're out, right? That's how we played it anyway. And uh, so to the last man standing kind of a thing, it was great. We did not call it dodgeball. We took it much more seriously. I think you know what I'm about to say. We called it murder ball. I mean, this was life and death. For those people on the, you know, in the gym class, I mean, it was amazing. It was just, whew, these, these balls came whizzing by. Jim Victor could, I don't know how much velocity he had on his, if you got hit in the face, I mean, that was, you were never the same. It was just the rest of your, the rest of your life, you'd have a scar, big red welt. It was just, yeah, what happened? Well, I got hit with a, you know, got hit with a ball. You know, those big rubber balls, remember those big ones and little ones? Friends. I remember that when we started that, we'd all kind of line up, 
the instructor, Mr. Piercemill, would choose two captains, and then they would choose people back and forth, right? You, you remember those days? I don't even think they do that anymore because people feel bad if they're the last ones. I would. I was somewhere in the middle, but, uh, you know, you got chosen to be on somebody's team. And the point I'm making today is that you are chosen to be on God's team. He has chosen you to be his witnesses, his representatives, to be a part of his missional uh, struggle on this earth. And in actuality, lives are at stake. It is a life or death matter. Start with those who are closest to you, your own family, work out to your friends, classmates, coworkers, whoever it might be. Find a way to bless them. Find a way to point them to God or just to share Christ with them. Some people have the gift of conversation. Others are, are more about um, things that we do here at Grace Church are very good at, event evangelism. Event evangelism. Uh, when COVID isn't around, we can do things like Sunday in the parks and Jesus giveaways and dramas and dinners and all of these good things. And uh, so maybe you're not one to talk about your faith verbally, but maybe you're an inviter or a bringer and an includer. Whatever your gift is, just do that. Just do that. That's the way God wired you. Step out in faith, use your gifts, say a prayer, speak from the heart, and watch the Holy Spirit move. It's great. So the question I want to ask you today is, where are you in your relationship to our vision and mission here at Grace Church. Because as, as I said, one thing I know is that vision leaks. And it's easy for us, especially during this time of COVID and things are so discombobulated and people are in and out and, and, we, and it's so easy to lose sight of where we are, what we're doing, who we are as a church. But we have a mission. We have a purpose. And I want to invite you this morning to recommit to that vision, to recommit to our purpose, to this mission that I've kind of articulated here again this morning. I want to invite you to, to say yes. I want to invite you to, to take a stand, to say, I'm in on this. I'm all in. This is what, you might not even like the pastor, but you say, I like the vision. This is good. This is where we're going. And I want to be a part of this for the, for the cause of Christ. I want to be a, a welcomer. When people walk into these doors, I want to facilitate people meeting Jesus Christ. I need to meet Jesus. I'm going to open my heart to Christ when I come in to these doors. Say, I'm going to dig into the Word. Because even though God loves me just as I am, I realize that He loves me too much to leave me that way. That He's going to, he's going to work change in my life for the better. That I can overcome my struggles, my temptations. Or maybe it's the witnessing power of the Spirit. Say, you know what? I need to do better on that one. I, need to, to, I, I want to be more outreaching. You know, I want to I be able to just invite somebody to come and worship with us or, or, or talk to somebody about Christ or, or just you know, invite people to another event someday. Maybe those are the things that you can do. Would you do that? Would you do that? So um, I had asked Darlisa to share this morning, and she just stepped out to use the restroom, I think, with one of her sons. So, uh, so <clears throat> you know, a good joke. Uh, uh, so is she right there, Corey? Okay. 
Uh, don't go into the women's room, Corey. <laughs> so let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day and just for an opportunity to be together. We thank you, Lord, for being a church of grace. Oh, Lord, how we, how we want to live up to your grace, how we want to um, be in your grace, Lord. And we know and we recognize that so often we're not. And so many times we start judging one another and we start categorizing people. And sometimes we can uh, associate with some and not others. But, Lord, that's not grace. And that's not who we are. And so, Lord, help us to be open-hearted one to another, to be grateful and thankful for the grace that, that you have shared and given to us. And so, Lord, would you come and help us to be a church of grace, a church that lives up to our name. And this we ask and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Darlisa, come on up. I had asked Darlisa this week if she would be willing to share a little bit, and, and uh, by the grace of God, she said yes. I had asked Krista, uh, Krista Reynolds at the early service to do this, and when she walked in, I go, Krista, I have laryngitis. You have to give the whole message. She about walked out again, but, uh, you know, so you don't have to give the whole message today, Darlisa. So, hey, we love having your boys here. Don't ever feel like, um, I know that they can be a handful once in a while, right? Especially that youngest one. Yes. But uh, we're glad that you guys are here. And we're glad that you're here. And um, I've, Darlisa is one of our newer members, as you already know, and uh, officially joined this past January and uh, met with the elders way back last uh, November or December. I think I can't remember, December maybe. Uh, was along with Bobby Joe and, and Julia here and some others as well. And I wanted to not just talk about our vision, but I wanted to kind of give you a real live flesh and blood example of how Grace Church is making a difference. So, and Darlisa, you courageously agreed to do this. So we thank you for that, first off. And I just wanted to begin by asking you, how did you even hear about Grace Church? How did you come into our doors? How did you, did you just stroll in off the street one day or what happened? How did you come to, how did you hear about Grace Church? So speak into your microphone. You can put your mask down. Okay. Um, well, me and um, a co-worker was, she was um, giving instruction of uh, exercise class. And um, she invited me to come out to the exercise class. And I had came out to several and then um, me and Miss Kelly had met one another, and once, one, one Saturday after that, we had stayed and we were sharing our, um, you know, God beliefs and um, everything. And I was telling her how I was like looking for a church home because I'm not originally from here. I'm from um, Indiana, and so we had been here for some time, and I have not really found a um it's okay to go to a church anyhow but you want to be in a church that you feel the love the caring um family organ like um pastor dave had expressed and so when miss kelly gave me the invitation to do the um fishnet it was everything as of what pastor dave have said um, I felt the love, I felt the embrace, um, I had got the teaching, um, I have the te got teaching on fishnet, and my children did as well. So all of that, it, it was like, I asked God to um, direct us, and he 
led me to Miss Kelly, and Miss Le Kelly led me to Pastor Dave, and here is the congregation, mm -hmm. and it, and we've been coming um, ever since. So it um, started off with the um, fishnet and mm -hmm. the boys. We um, once a couple nights we um, come to fishnet and we was discussing it, and then my oldest said. Well, my wish should maybe join that church. And I said, I know I felt that too. So <laughs> <laughs> I said, I felt that as well. And so, and then it just went from there. So, you know, God led us there. That's basically what That is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, Praise God for that. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and. So like you said, thought you were bringing the kids to receive yeah, a blessing and from Fishnet. And, and then that you thought, oh my goodness, this teaching is good for me too. Me too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that was just off the, um, like I said, just off of Fishnet. And, and then I, I embraced everything that um, from Pastor Dave, from Miss Kelly, and Miss um, Nancy. So it just was like boom, boom, boom. It just fell in order. Like when God put it in order, it's in order. So, and that's how it was. That's it was in great. order. That's great. <laughs> So, how would you say, what would you say Grace Church, this is probably a hard question to answer, but what does it mean to you that just to be a part of this family? Is that, um, how do you put that into words? I, I don't even know. But. No, I can't really, um, it's so many things all at once. Like I said, I, um, it's family organ. I, I see the embrace with the family, even like with Malachi and Nancy and Brandy and Dan. Um, Miss Kelly and Rick and um, and then Pastor Dave, he giving us um, wisdom. You know, it's everything at once. Like I can't even if I ex explain it to, let's say, um, like you say a straggler. So it's everything that you can look for in the church. Like you got your um, the embrace of everything. I can't even say one thing yeah. it's not just it's kind one of a thing combination it's everything a lot of things that kind of fell into place for yes. you that yep. kind of kind of checked a lot of boxes for you yeah. if you will and then so, you yeah. you put out there too that i i love about the church that we have works that we able to do in the church as well like you said it's not um not what you always assign but even if we feel that is something that we can do. We can come to you and say, well, you know, I feel I can do that. So you also able to give back in some type of way. So awesome. I love that, you know. Yeah. We love that you love that. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Well, we are so blessed by your presence with us and that of your boys. And we trust and pray that we can continue to be a, as much of a blessing to you in the future as you are to us already. And uh, we thank you so much. But friends, this is what I'm. This is what we're talking about. Amen. This is what we're talking about. Making a difference. Praise yeah. God. Praise thank God you. for that. Yeah. yeah. So, can I offer a little prayer for you and your family? Sure. Yeah. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we just thank you so much for this time, and and I thank you for Dar Darlisa and for her boys, her family. I just pray your blessing over each and all, each and every one of them, and. We thank you, Lord. We just pray that your spirit will continue to move in, in her heart and in the heart of her boys. And uh, Lord, just be near to them and bless them and continue to, to draw us all into you. And we're thankful, Lord, for the ministry of Grace Church that is making a difference. And we pray it in the strong name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right. And you may be seated. How about a little encouragement for Darlisa? Thank you again for sharing, Darlisa. 
We welcome those who are visiting today. Always a joy and a privilege to have visitors with us. Thank you for being here. Thank you, men, for those of you who are present at our men's breakfast yesterday morning. Uh, we had a great time of fellowship and food, and we would invite more men to come and to join us next time we gather. There's a cross in the foyer uh, that I just want to mention to you. If you haven't already, put your name on a little red slip of paper and grab a thumbtack out of that little basket underneath it and just tack it to the cross or nail it to the cross, symbolic of the fact that during this season of Lent, we are all, in a sense, dying with Christ so that we might live.